Um, friends, locals, I've got a talk here and I'm going to mash it to pieces for time's sake and because we have visitors and I want them to get something of what I'm going to try and do. It may come out really well, <laughs> but then again, it may not. Let's see how we go. Now, uh, I've asked the friends uh, to, to gather so that there can be some explanation. Is that okay? Are we, we, we good there? We're in, in a good spot, a good location? Does anyone else... Please feel free to stand up and ask. Does anyone else want to come a little bit nearer? But you said that in beautiful English, so it's okay. <laughs> As things get organised... <clears throat> look, folks, for me, what we're doing now is the message, okay? So... Um, you know, you might have a lousy morning this morning, but we want brothers and sisters to know that, um, you know, they get the first bite of the chicken and they matter to us. Great, thank you. We've been um, talking in church about how do we live when God's ways make no sense to us. And this is the final week of four weeks. This is the fourth week, week one, two, three, four. Um, just to start by saying that um, in the last week or so, um, I nearly got killed again. Again, because I nearly got killed once before. Once again, I was riding my bike down the road down there Curtin Avenue, very busy, there's lots of beautiful things on Curtin Avenue, and the cars are often very um, distracted when you drive down Curtin Avenue, they're looking at the water, and they're looking at where they're going to park, and the surf, and the surfboards, and there's lots of pretty things to look at, and bikes, and goodness knows what else. And I was riding my bike in the bike lane. Did you hear that? In the bike lane. And a car uh, was just in front of me and the car saw that there was a parking spot or coffee or something very pretty, I don't know, uh, to their right and they stopped suddenly. They jumped on the brakes. And I was just riding down in the bike lane and the car behind that car was probably looking at the coffee or the beach or something very pretty. And as the car in front stopped suddenly, the one behind it started to stop suddenly and then, well, they just swerved into the bike lane to try and go under the car. So I nearly died again the other day because I've been under a truck and other things. Now, some of you may well say um, that you have some suggestions for me. <laughs> One such suggestion 
which I might have heard just down there was, well, if you didn't ride a bike, you wouldn't get knocked off. Aren't we good at having suggestions for each other? Aren't we excellent? In other words, listen, listen for this, because this is the gospel. Here's the gospel. The gospel is, if you did things my way, the right way, things would go well for you and you would never get hurt. You can tell that this is true because I am so healthy, so wealthy and content. I am blessed. God is looking down favourably on me In fact, God is as sensible as I am. I hear that gospel a lot. I hear it from Christians. I hear it from pulpits. And it's utterly false. It's an utterly false gospel. It's not the good news that Jesus lived... Because when you open your pew sheet this morning, actually turn it on the back where the prayer is, you'll see that today is called Christ the King. And the verse on the back of your white pew sheet this morning talks about the King riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. Now having done that a few times, having walked down that street a few times, it's about that steep and when you look out, you look, Jesus would see, clip-clop, clip-clop, the king coming, clip-clop, down the hill. He would see everything that would, would speak to him of power, brutality, self-righteousness, the world, the flesh, and the devil. That was what he was looking at when he rode down that hill in that verse on the back of your pew sheet. The Son of God was looking at a kind of a gospel. And he came as the king of peace, humble into that space. We've got to be careful with the gospel because it's a gospel that comes to bring peace with humility. And Saul, who became Paul, he actually said that people who speak other gospels in Galatians chapter 1 if they speak any other gospel, he said, and I'm reading it now, let that one be accursed. As we've said before, so now I repeat, if anyone proclaims to you a gospel contrary to what you received, let that one be accursed. So what was the gospel that Jesus brought 
We think we know it well, but my hunch is if we started to share it with each other, it would be pretty all over the place. It's a big deal to get the gospel wrong because it gives us a false gospel that won't help us when God's ways make no sense. Because if it's all about being blessed when God's ways make no sense, we of all people will be in a world of pain and we won't have a good news to go to that can help us survive for 16 years in a refugee camp. It will be a gospel that won't work. I just need to say a couple more things. Jesus' life, clip-clop, clip-clop, looking at that city over the, over the valley was a difficult life. Jesus himself, it says in Isaiah 53, was despised. Jesus was rejected by humankind. Jesus was acquainted with suffering. Jesus was familiar with pain. People hid their faces from Jesus. He was despised. And he was held in very low esteem, Isaiah 53, verse 3. This is the one to whom we are to look. One who shares difficult, the difficulties of life with us. It's the Jesus who we meet in the garden. So as Jesus went down that very steep hill, if you just look over there to the right, just over there, about 400 metres to the right, he said this. He said, he threw himself on the ground and prayed, Father, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not what I want, but what you want be done. Desertion, shame, despair and death. The true gospel of God can endure those things. We could well say that God barely made sense to the Son of God. Such was his life. But something bigger was in play, in play. We know that. That Jesus bore not just a, the wounds of life in a broken world like we do. Jesus bore the wounds of the whole creation. We struggle and suffer and groan. Yet we're not in the business of saving anyone or anything. So what is the relationship between the hardships of life and God? It lets us know that the world's not right, but it also reminds us that somehow we're involved in it. The woman of Samaria, how did she respond in her swirl of suffering? Some of her suffering 
she was a victim. In some of her suffering, she was involved, a contributor. That's usually the way it is. My bike riding buddies are barristers in the law, and one of them said that one of the most distressing cases he had was when a boy just old enough to go to prison and he said he had had the most dreadful life of violence, crime, brutality. He was put in prison as a 17, 18-year-old boy and he experienced the most terrible brutality in prison. Not his fault. But he became violently psychopathic and he did terrible things out in the world and ended up spending his short life back in prison. It's usually the way that there's a victim and a contributor and sometimes they're the same person. But what did the Samaritan woman do? Let's quickly look. First of all, she was tempted to resist and run away from the God who gave her a gospel that said suffering is not beyond the Christian life. She was tempted to resist and run. How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a Samaritan woman? I'm just, what are you doing? I'm going to be out of here. But she didn't. Secondly, she's tempted to distort and deny. She comes up with, Our ancestors worship on the mountain, but you Jews worship in Jerusalem as the right place to worship. She's deflecting. She's tending to get out of it. She's tempted to. But instead, she trusts even when Jesus makes her tremble. She trusts even when Jesus makes her tremble. Sir, she says, give me this water. Go and get your husband, says Jesus. That made her tremble. That made her tremble. Um, When we were in Israel recently, we got onto this little um, television program called Shtitzel. Recommend it to you on Netflix. If you don't understand what it means to be a woman in this culture who has had five husbands and is living with someone now, just watch Shtitzel. It's comedic, it's a sitcom, but it's all about these sorts of issues. And believe me, you'll come away understanding in the culture just how radically uh, this would have impacted everything about her. So, we learn from this this, uh, series that we did, as we enter into... A life that doesn't make sense under God, when, when things don't make sense. Pete Scazzaro in this gave us three simple steps of how God is involved through things that don't make sense. And the first thing that he says, and I'm going really fast, is he says, pay attention. Look at the woman of Samaria. She stops. She could resist and run, but she doesn't. She pays attention. Do you remember last week we looked at Habakkuk 
And Habakkuk remembered two things. Stop and pay attention. He remembered firstly that God keeps his promises. We heard that this morning. The promise is not yet fulfilled, but I trusted for 16 years that God would keep his promises. Number one. The second thing that Habakkuk remembered was that God is holy. Stop. Remember. God will keep his promise and he's holy. A devout man has spoken. He has her attention. She pays attention. The second thing Pete says, and we see in this woman, is that she enters a place that is utterly confusing. It's an in-between place. Her greatest shame and the things that defines her is named, and she and the devout man line up. He says to her, you're a truth teller. She says to him, you're a prophet. They line up. In her confusion, she doesn't distort and deny or risk or, or reject and run. She waits in that confusing space. And thirdly, she lets from her old place something new come. She didn't run. She didn't distort and deny. She held her ground And she fixes her gaze on the Jesus who declares. The hour is coming and is now here when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as those who worship him in spirit and in truth. She doesn't understand, but she trembles and trusts. I am, the name for God, is speaking with you. She stays, God comes. You know, I wonder how many Christians ever get this far. This week, my eldest daughter uh, rang me. It was actually yesterday. And she said, I need to talk to you. I said, what about? She said, I've got, a, I've got some friends who are really suffering, young women, small children. I said, what, what's going on? She said, both their husbands have walked away from the Christian faith. They've walked away from Jesus. And I said, that's amazing. And I said, tell me the story. And she said, well, what's happened to them that instead of paying attention when things have got tough, they've gotten busier? Secondly, she said, when they've got confused, instead of waiting and pushing into deeper relationship with other people, they've isolated themselves. And thirdly, she said, instead of from that place looking for something new to be birthed in their life, a new learning, a new growing, they've just resisted and run or distorted and denied. If I'd got killed the other day, I found myself thinking about Cheryl. What would she have done? Well, for a start, she's not a bloke, so she's probably ahead of me. But I'm convinced that if I'd got killed the other day, after the trauma and devastation had died down, after the people had dwindled away, 
after the accountants and financial advisers had set the ball rolling. She would have looked at the sovereign, holy, promise-keeping God for a start. I'm absolutely confident that she then would have looked at her kids, that she then would have looked at her options, and she would have paid attention, held fast to her faith, and in her confusion she would have waited. I'm sure she would have trembled and trusted in that place. And I'm absolutely sure you would have supported her in that, wouldn't you? And I pray that that's what you'd do for each other in that space. Amen. Lord, today, as we think about God making no sense, I want to, I want to bless our brothers and sisters here who I pray have held fast in their faith when they've had nothing. Lord, I pray in them we would see the resurrection from the dead, (laughs) that we would see hope when there is no hope as they trust the promise of the holy God. And I pray that we would see it by the power of your word and spirit impacting us in our lives as well. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand.